business meeting. Let's go. Five o'clock tonight, okay? <laughs> no, honestly, our, our, we've been getting ready for that uh, all week. It's going to be an important one. So church member, come on back at five o'clock. Um, it'll be great. I, I promise. Okay, it's going to be good. It's going to be a good one. Hey, my name is Clayton. If I didn't introduce myself already, I'm the pastor here at Central, and I'm glad you guys are with us today. We're going to jump into a new series here in just a second, and I want you to be able to have the notes, so scan the QR code, any of the screens right there. If you're watching online with us, man, I'm so glad that you are, are joining us um, today. We are about to jump into this, this new series, and it got me to thinking about kids. And if you have kids... You know that kids love to destroy things, don't they? I mean, it's just something natural that most kids do. Psychologists have done research and found out there's about four reasons why kids destroy stuff. Some kids are just curious. They are the ones who who want to destroy it just to see what it's made out of. They're your future engineers, you know? And then there's some, some kids that they're trying to communicate something to you, and they maybe verbally can't say it the way they want to say it, so they just knock their little kid, their little, you know, sister over or whatever, right? Or they just, they just destroy that thing or they take the trash can and just flip it upside down. You're like, why are you doing that? Well, they're trying to communicate that to you, something to you. Kids also, some of them do it because they just enjoy it. And those are the crazy ones. Maybe you're like that growing up and you got to watch out for those kind of people in the future. There's some of them that just, they just naturally enjoy it. But they found out that a lot of times kids do destructive things because they are they are dealing with or coping with some stress in their life or they're coping with, with trauma. And we demo things as well. We, we love it. I mean, I don't know what it is, but I love to see when things just come toppling down. It's just kind of kind of cool and satisfying um, when that happens. Many years ago when I was a youth pastor, we had this youth building in Texas, and it was separate from the rest of the church, and it was this old building. It was nasty. I mean, it was, it was, it was just gross, guys. It was gross. But Kids, whatever, we didn't care, and uh, tons of ministry happened in there. It was an incredible place to do ministry, but we eventually built, built a new building, and it was time to destroy that building because we needed it for the space for a parking lot. And so we got these excavators in. Well, we didn't. We paid someone to do it, but, uh, you know, insurance, whatever. So we got these excavators in, and we started, they started destroying this building. I loved it so much that I was actually on the roof on the other side of the building, on the same building, uh, videotaping it while they were destroying uh, the roof and caving it all in. I got down just in time, but I loved to watch it, to watch what was happening, them destroy it. But I got a little sad, you know, because I, I thought about all the times that I had cleaned those floors and all the, the times that we had decorated and painted those walls and all the ministry that had happened in that space and lives that were changed and kids that were saved. It was just, it was kind of sad to see it, see it go, but we demo things in our, in our society when that structure is no longer needed anymore, right? And it's need, the space is needed for something else. Or when the foundation is messed up or damaged to the point that the structure is, it can't be fixed. And you got you to just take it down. And over the, the next three weeks, we're going to be going through this series. And you can see it up on the screen. And it's called Don't Wreck Your Faith. You're like, what in the world does that mean? Well, I'll say this. Almost all of us are in danger of wrecking our faith. And we're going to be talking about what, we, what do we do when our faith is, is in danger of being demoed? And it can either be in danger because of damage that has been caused by your past or what's going on in your life right now, or maybe some doubt that has, that has crept in. So in the New Testament, there's a story of, 
of Jesus, and he shows up uh, to this large crowd in one of these towns. And the Pharisees were there, all the people were there, and Jesus' disciples are there. And Jesus shows up, and everybody kind of comes running to him, and there, he's like, what is going on? He's saying, what is, what's the matter? Why is everybody freaking out? And they said, hey, there's this one man who has showed up, and his, his son is demon-possessed. And they, no one can heal this guy. Even, even Jesus' disciples tried to heal the kid, and it's not working. And this man is just distraught. And he's saying, nothing is, is helping. And he's about to die every single day. And he's had this, this demon living inside of him since he was, he was a little kid. And please help. And Jesus looks at the man and says, do you think I can do this? And the man says something that I think is an incredible verse in Scripture. Let's look at it on the screen right here. Here's what the man says. In Mark 9, he says, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. That's an incredibly powerful verse because I think that it speaks to a lot of us. It might be the best verse you've heard in a long time because it des- describes your past or what's going on right now where you're like saying, I have, I have belief, but I also got some unbelief. I need help. I believe these things about God, but also I'm, I'm struggling in this area. And oftentimes the unbelief that we have comes because we've been hurt. And so some of us have been hurt by sin. Some of us have been hurt by the world. But the sad truth this morning is that some of us have been hurt by things that are supposed to be good. We've been hurt by Christians. And I'll say this, we've also been hurt by church leaders. Some of us have dealt with some really deep hurts that have come from the people who stand up on the stage. They recently did a survey of the most respected professions in, in the United States. And I don't know what was at the very top, but I remember at the very bottom it was, you know, politicians, you know, those ones we, we, we love to hate them. And then up the, the list, just a little ways, was used car salesmen. You know, I just, I, mean, I just don't trust those people. And literally the next one up was pastor. In our culture, pastors used to be at the, close to the top in the last 40 or 50 years, that has continually slid down and down and down until it's, it's one of the, the professions that people trust the least. And you're like, why does that happen? Well, I think it has a lot to do with things that we've heard on, on the news and we've read um, online and maybe some things that have happened to you in the past that pastors have, have done some pretty stupid things. I mean, think about recent stuff like Hillsong. I mean, think about Hillsong Giant worldwide phenomenon started in Australia. Their lead pastor, Brian Houston, had to step down this past year. You say, well, why did he have to step down? We had to step down because it came to light. These are all allegations that have not been necessarily proven yet, but the allegations were that, that uh, he tried to cover up for his dad, who was doing some, some, some illegal stuff, and he was, his dad was a pastor before him of the church. And then he got, got caught in a, a woman's hotel room during a conference. And he was actually drunk during that conference, a church conference. You're like, oh, my goodness, what is going on? He had to step down from that. But Hillsong has been kind of rocked by some other things. You might have watched the documentary lately that, that has come out. It's all over the news. I'm not telling you anything that's, that's incredibly new. But another one of the, the pastors, the one that's in charge of the, was in charge of the, the church in New York, uh, his name's Carl Lentz. Carl Lentz is this famous pastor, and he had uh, all these celebrities who were coming to his church. And it, that it came to light that he had had... 
he had an affair with another lady. He had married for like 17 years and had an affair. And all sorts of other stuff was going on. And the church was covering it up. And then they interviewed some people that worked there. Lots of staff, lots of people serving, volunteering. And one of the, the ladies that said that she, she worked there, she said, we were told that when Carl showed up, we were supposed to put our heads down, to not look at him, and keep our mouths shut. We weren't supposed to talk to this guy. Like, that's, that's some trauma that those people have. When they see their pastor that way, and they hear about the things that he is doing, and he's maintaining a place of prominence and authority, it's happening all over the place. And the Southern Baptist Convention is a little bit closer to home. Recently, we've had a, some, a sexual abuse report that has, has come out. They did all this, uh, this huge, giant report. You can go online and watch it. And one of the, the big pastors in our convention was accused. And now, this is all accusations, but he was accused of, of sexually assaulting another pastor's wife on vacation. His name is Johnny Hunt. And he's one of the, he was the president of the Southern Baptist Convention in 2010. It's pretty serious stuff. I mean, I've gone to conferences, I've, I've met the guy, I've sat down at a table with him. And you're going, how in the world do these, these men, how do they get to this spot, this position where they think that they are above the law? Where they're above sinning? Maybe they spend maybe a little bit too much time on stage and not enough time with just normal people. Now, the reality is, is there's 47,000 churches in the Southern Baptist Convention, and if and 99% of them, I mean, are great pastors. But even just 1%, that's 470 churches that have pastors that are, that are doing some wrong things. It, it is something that we have to deal with and understand. But your story may be more personal than that. For some of you, you've had some leaders that have been over you in a church maybe you grew up in or you've been a part of where the, the, the leadership, whether it was a, a pastor or a youth pastor or, or a, a kids minister or whoever, where they were demanding, they were authoritative, um, they were demeaning, they were abusive to you. Maybe it was spiritual abuse. Maybe it was emotional abuse. And I hate to say this, for some it's been sexual abuse. And it's awful and it's terrible, but it's some people's stories and it has wrecked your faith. It has changed how you view God. It has 